JKP Films presents If Cain Were Able The next day in 10 Downing Street, Kelly Shields is drinking a cup of tea while she sits around the cabinet table with her assistants, stroke, ministers. Ladies, we've got a lot on our agenda today. But before we start, has anybody got any urgent matters to discuss? Sandra Hooper looks around the table uneasily and then she looks at Kelly. Sandra opens her mouth and then closes it. OK, the first... Kelly, I have something to report. Go ahead, Sandra. Last night, we had our very first homicide since the virus struck. Mysteriously, a young mother was murdered, and the only person found around her was her baby, who was covered in blood and holding the murder weapon. I need details. Now. At the moment, we don't have a lot of information, because there wasn't any clues at the scene of the crime. All we know is that the police didn't find no proof of forced entry and before the police entered the house, all of the windows and doors were locked. This needs to be kept under wraps for the time being. The public would absolutely lose it if they found out. The the word is already out. Unfortunately, the officer who found the corpse has a sister who works for the press and she spoke to her sister who published the story before we could suppress it. That's not good enough, Sandra. As my Minister of the State, it's your responsibility to handle these things. I'm sorry, Kelly. Kelly takes a deep breath and puts on her fake weather girl smile. It's okay, Sandra. I'm sure you'll do better in the future. Has the killer been caught yet? No. As I was saying earlier, the door was locked from the inside and there was no evidence of a break-in, so the police are a bit baffled. No one wants to believe that the child killed its own mother, but all the initial evidence seems... I'm not interested in what seems to have happened. I'm only interested in the facts. I don't want anybody jumping to conclusions or spreading rumours about this case. All information needs to be filtered through me before it goes to the press or the public. Is that understood? Sandra and every other assistant in the room nod their heads. So, how bad was the article that was printed in regards to the homicide? Pretty bad. It sowed the seed of curiosity into people's minds. Damn it! That's all we need! Meanwhile, Eve hopes at a park with her twins having a picnic. Tristan gets up and runs toward the swings. Tristan! Come back here! It's dangerous! Ouch! Ouch! How many times do I have to tell you, Tristan, you have to be careful? A week later, the morning newspaper's front page reads, Another government cover-up. Four more mothers murdered by their children. Later that night, someone throws a few petrol bombs at the prison where the serial killers are. The guards put out the fire and look for the culprit, but no one can be seen. Two weeks go by. Picketers congregate outside of 10 Downing Street. The apple, apple never falls far from the tree. Lock up the murderous brats or it's anarchy for me. The apple never falls far from the tree. Lock up the murderous brats or it's anarchy for me. The guards come out and try to disperse the crowd, but they fail. 
The crowd keeps chanting. The next day, the demonstrators bring their tents and camp outside of 10 Downing Street in protest. They remain there for the next few weeks. One Thursday, Kelly Shields is in her office in 10 Downing Street. A murmur of the protest can still be heard from outside. Come in. Take a seat, Sandra. What's that racket outside all about? Uh, I, I'm afraid it's a bad news. Uh, four more women have been murdered under similar circumstances. Please tell me that this time we've at least been able to keep this under wraps. Uh, You're kidding me, Sandra! What did I say after the first homicide? It's not my fault. I'm not sure how depressed... Stop crying! <laughs> Tears never solve anything! <laughs> Kelly remembers a day from her childhood. Her drug addict mother is sleeping with her head on the kitchen table. In front of her is a piece of foil and a syringe. An adolescent version of Kelly, who's dishevelled, creeps in the room, picks up the foil and tries to throw it in the bin. Her mother wakes up at the last minute and sees what Kelly's doing. Her mother rushes over to her and smacks her face. (laughs) Oh, stop crying, Kelly. Tears never solved anything. Back in the present day, Kelly is still in her office with Sandra. Kelly has a glazed look on her face. I'm sorry, Kelly. Kelly Shields gets up and puts her hand on Sandra's shoulder. Sandra, what's done is done. Let's move on. I'm sorry I was so hard on you. What's the public's reaction been like? More and more people are starting to question whether the kids are responsible for the homicides. We can't afford to let this get out of hand. All it would take is a few more murders and we could be facing anarchy. We need to do something drastic. Yes, but what? We need to round up all of the children who were created from the serial killer semen and do tests on them in order to determine whether or not they pose a threat to society. Their mothers will never stand for it. That's immaterial. That's a minor in comparison to more women being killed. A week later, in Eve's kitchen. Mum, can I go out to play? That's fine. Just make sure you're back by dinner time. Can I go too? No, I need you to help me with dinner. Paul races out of the house. (sighs) That's not fair. You always allow Paul to do things, but never let me do anything. That's not true. I allow you to do lots of things. No, you don't. I hate you. Eve looks out of the kitchen window. The police are grabbing her son, Paul. She's about to rush out, but then she sees the police approaching her house. Petrified, Eve runs upstairs to Tristan's bedroom. I'm not talking to- There's no time to explain. Hide and don't come out until I say so. Why? Just do it. Tristan opens his mouth to say something else, but then he stops when he sees the steely look of defiance in his mother's eyes. She leaves the room runs downstairs and looks out of the window. Paul and the policewoman who are holding him are nowhere to be seen. My name is PC Ricker and that's PC Munro. Can we come in? No. Where did you take my son? The policewoman barge past Steve. I said no. Where do you think you're going? The policewoman starts searching Eve's house. Where's your other son? He died years ago. We have no record of his death. Eve looks at PC Ricker as if she's an imbecile. 
You are aware that we're living in a post-apocalyptic state, right? Yes. And that we're only just getting society back onto its feet. Yes. Then you'll be more than aware that the usual protocols haven't been followed in most situations. Where did you bury him? I didn't. I cremated him and scattered his ashes at the seaside. The two officers look at Eve and then at each other. They carry on searching for a while, but when they find nothing, they make their way to the front door. So, where's my son? The government has decided that all the children who were made from the serial killer's sperm should be rounded up until further notice. Why? You removed the wrong gene from the serial killer's sperm. No, I didn't. PC Ricker rushes to Eve and grabs her by the shirt. Then how do you explain all of the recent homicides? Eve shakes herself free. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I wasn't aware that you have found any irrefutable evidence that proves the children killed their mothers. No, but there's no other rational explanation. Because of you, my sister and many other mothers have had their children seized. You know what? It's not even worth me wasting my breath on you. Hi, Eve. The police have just searched my house. They tried to seize Tanya's girls. They said that they had to seize all of the children born after the virus. We told them that Tanya's twins were born before the virus, but they didn't believe us. Until we provided their birth certificates. What's going on? They think the children who belong to the women who were recently murdered were responsible for their own mother's deaths. What? They're not right, are they? I don't believe so. They think I removed the wrong gene. Is that possible? No. Hold on. Where's Tristan and Paul? <laughs> they seized Paul. But I managed to hide Tristan. Oh my God, the poor children. What are we going to do? Mum, I know this is a lot to ask. But can you hide Tristan in the bunker under your house while I try to find Paul and the other kids? Of course I can. Nothing's too much for you are the twins. Thanks, Mum. I'll bring him after dark, just in case anyone's watching my house. Goodbye, Mum. Goodbye, darling. Hours later, on a converted derelict building site a stone throw away from 10 Downing Street, loads of kids are imprisoned in a large concentration camp-type enclosure that is surrounded by fences and barbed wire. The enclosure was built recently. Its gates are manned by Kelly's armed personal guards. Hordes of women protest in front of 10 Downing Street demanding the release of their children until Kelly's personal guards force them to reluctantly leave with the use of force. Eve looks at the enclosure whilst walking past it. Shortly after this, she becomes furious. Paul sees his mother from afar. He looks puzzled by her presence there. A few minutes later, Eve storms into Kelly's office. Kelly's on her mobile phone, Joseph Goebel's book, Life and death is on Kelly's bookshelf. Eve slams the door shut behind her and marches up to Kelly's desk. I'll call you back, Delilah. Have you got any proof that the children killed their mothers? Take a seat, Eve. I don't want to take a seat. My son and a number of other children have been taken against their will. We had to do something. Things were getting out of control. But have you got any proof? No, but we couldn't just do nothing. We seized the kids because it's the best thing for them and society. How do you work that one out? If there were any more murders, people might have lashed out against the children. 
The media have already published stories suggesting that the children were responsible for the murders. You need to free the kids immediately. What gives you the right to pen children up like cattle? I'm the leader of this nation, and sometimes I have to make the hard decisions that others are not willing to make. People might not always agree with my decisions, but that's a cross I have to bear. You have no right to be making any decisions at all. No one has elected you. Who are you to be criticising me? At least I bared my responsibility instead of shunning it like you. I begged you to be part of my government, but you turned me down. Maybe if you were working with us, then we would have been able to prove that the kids were not responsible for their mother's murders. But no, you were selfishly only worrying about your own family. How dare you? Look, let's stop knocking heads and cut to the chase. Are you going to work with... I would never work for a twisted establishment that would imprison young children in such an inhumane way. Then we have nothing more to talk about. Goodbye. Kelly Shields picks up her mobile phone and makes a call. Eve Hope has just left my office. I want her watched. 24-7. Before Eve Hope exits 10 Downing Street, Paul Hope is dragged out of the makeshift prison by some armed guards. He tries to resist them. One of them hits him in his head with the butt of a gun. Paul falls to his knees. They drag him to a nearby building where a lab has been assembled. A few minutes after this, Eve makes her way back to the enclosure where the kids are being kept. The kids look in her direction, but none of them say anything. Paul! Two guards come and drag Eve away. She's kicking and screaming. They throw her on the floor. She looks up at them in defiance. Eve looks at the kids in the enclosure desperately. Paul! 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 Where are you, darling? Leave now or I will shoot. Eve looks at the guard dead in the eye as if to dare the guard to shoot her. She cuts her stare, gets up, turns and walks off. Two plain-clothed guards follow her. Guard one, who just pointed a gun at Eve, turns toward the gates of the enclosure. If any of you say a word to Paul Hope about this, I will personally kill you, and then find your mum, and I'll kill that old coot too. Most of the kids look petrified after hearing this, but a few look defiant. Machine gun bullets then ricochet on the floor near the children's feet. Some of the kids start crying. The defiance has surely been sucked out of most of them. Meanwhile... Paul Hope is strapped to an examination table in a lab. He's bleeding and there's blood on the floor. Sally Shaw walks up to him with a syringe. He looks at her defiantly. After being subjected to a long list of brutal tests which resemble torture, Paul is dragged out of the laboratory building by three of the guards. Blood is dripping from the side of his head, but he's still trying to fight. One of the guards opens the enclosure's gate. Another aims a gun at the kids inside the enclosure, and then the third guard throws Paul in. Paul falls to the ground hard. Paul looks at the guards and gives them a dirty look. Who are you eyeballing, son? You better stop staring at me before I put your eyes out. Paul continues to give the guard a dirty look. The guard pulls out her gun and points it at him. He remains defiant, but many of the other children cower. The guards close the gate. Paul gets up, dusts himself off, and purposely stumbles into Roberta Marquez. Tell a few of the kids that I want to hold a meeting at the other end of the enclosure. Hi. My name's Jonathan Poku, and I'm the writer and the director of this podcast. If you would like to be informed about competitions, exclusive content, and information about this show and other shows created by JKP Films, please go to www.jkpfilms.com.
www.thepodcastnetwork.com and subscribe to our mailing list via the subscription box which is at the bottom of the page. In addition, if you would like to help us to continue to make this podcast and other projects, please feel free to go to www.jkpfilms.com and to donate as little or as much as you would like via the donate button which is at the bottom of the page. Please believe me, all donations are always appreciated. Oh yeah, if you would like to contact us, please email us at inquire at jkpfilms.com. Thank you so much and I can't wait to hear from you. Save yourself.